This is Alpha One Sports, your podcast for all things Philly sports. Let's get into it. Hello and good evening. This is Tom with Out for One Sports. And this is Anthony with Out for One Sports. It is Tuesday night, April 6th, and it's about 9.42 p.m. And it looks we got, like we got a threesome going on tonight. We got three games on, two, two losers and uh, one dominant win, uh, victory about to happen here. Right now this episode is titled No Hope because right now the Flyers are giving me no hope. No hope. But anyway, Phillies were off to a hard start before today. Uh, started the season off 4-0. Nice sweep with the Braves. Uh, nice comeback victory against the Mets. And then today they suck against the Mets. I mean, tonight's uh, lineup is, uh, you know, you got you know a lot of utility and uh, whatnot. So uh, I guess know, we it's can, probably a given for a loss tonight. I guess we could kiss 162-0 and goodbye. Eh, well, we still got, you know, uh, two innings to go. Well, so far before before this game, really, the how I was envisioning the season season going, our offense was go- working well and our pitching uh, needed to get up to par. It's almost the opposite. Before today, the uh, the pitching's been pretty great outside of Matt Moore. Um, the starters have all looked fairly well you know nola's just a 2.7 era he's got six strikeouts and 6.2 innings zach wheeler's probably our ace so he should be really the number one uh he's one the only one who has a recorded victory so far uh no era because he hasn't given up any runs in seven innings 10 strikeouts eflin had a strong performance with uh 1.29 era and in seven innings with eight strikeouts matt moore yeah 5.40 5.40 ERA in 3.1 innings, four strikeouts. Chase Anderson, um, when I you know, looked up these stats here, he had three strikeouts and only a couple innings pitched. Uh, our best hitters right now, believe it or not, now granted this is before today, um, you're looking at uh, Andrew Knapp and uh, Zach Wheeler averaging .667 batting average. Uh, Knapp originally had our only home run of the season so far, but Didi just hit one today. Uh, right now they're down, I believe it's six to one. Uh, looking like their first loss of the season, but you know, hopefully they turn that around quick and pick up the ser- series win against the Mets tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean tonight's a little bit of an off night. You can tell. I mean, they're you know working their you know. Uh, fifth pitcher versus you know their second um you know you had a you know all these games coming up these past couple games i mean it's tough pitching that you're going against so i wouldn't expect a lot of hitting um but there's a lot of efficiency a lot of uh, strong pitching coming out of your uh, you know your first three starters um you know this first two games uh hector naris you know came in i thought he was pitching pretty good um it was a little weird uh that they chose him over Archie Bradley, but uh, I mean Hector Naris has really pulled through so far. Um, I mean pitching's the big deal. Uh, as we're talking right now, it looks like we're uh, getting some runs here thanks to our boy uh, Reese Hoskins. Uh, it looks like uh, six to two, but uh, I mean it's it, it's going to be a long year. Um, you know, it seems like the Phillies get off to some pretty hot, good starts. But, um, you know, hopefully maybe this year it could be different. I mean, they got, you know, a great mix of young guys and veterans and, you know, a little bit of a buildup in the, uh, you know, their their you know, biggest flaws, which was bullpen and, you know, pitching as a whole. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so far, again, before this before this game, the bullpen actually only allowed one run. And that that's definitely a heck of a lot different than what was going on last year when they were blowing just about every game what we really just need now is more hitting to really help out this pitching uh you know we can't have guys like mccutcheon basically striking out every at bat you know 
guys like Harper need to step it up a little bit more. Yeah, and you're seeing uh, Roman Quinn, you know, not showing up at all. You know, he was given that, you know, last spot, center field. But, I mean, granted, you know, obviously there's controversy with the Dubo Herrera, but um, I probably would have given the, that last spot to Herrera. I thought you would probably get more consistency from him than you would Roman Quinn. To me, I've seen enough of Roman Quinn the last two years that, I mean, he's just flat out not ready. He's proven on the MLB level to not be, you know, what he's what he's supposed to be. Yeah, uh, and he's usually made out of glass, hurt every other game. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, but Hazley doesn't isn't really doing it for me either. Uh, he's like two for eight, three strikeouts so far. Now, granted, it's still early, but, you know, hopefully some of these guys can get it turned around, start getting some hits for us. So, but tomorrow we'll have Nola back on the mound, and I guess uh, I'm not sure who's who's uh, going to be up for the Mets at this point because it was DeGrom yesterday. Who who, uh, who started today for the Mets? Uh, so that was Stroman that started today for the Mets. Syndergaard back yet? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't pay too much attention to the Mets, but oh, let me see. Let's see if he's, you know. But yeah, I mean, like yesterday, the comeback was very nice. Granted, we had a little luck with the Mets overthrowing uh, the catcher at home plate. That allowed, uh, I think it was Hazley to get to first. Or no, no, Bohm to get, you know, get the hit. And uh, he brought in a run off of that. So we were able to score five runs in the eighth, and then we were able to hold off the uh, Mets uh, in the ninth after they scored a run. It looks like the boys are uh, traveling back here. Um, it looks like we got um, now man on first and second, Harper. Maybe he'll you know, catch a hit here. Hey man, if we don't, we we uh, come back and win this game. Not today, old friend. But don't <laughs> worry, holidays are just around the corner. Not. That's uh. <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Is it not today or not? Um, that's a little shout out, a uh, little, little something something for our friend Stu out there. <laughs> but yeah, man. So they. Phillies keep it up like this, maybe get a little more uh, hits going. Uh, this should be a better season for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, four and zero is a great start, and you're bound to lose. I mean, it is the MLB. You're not going 162 and 0. At least you know. I mean, nobody's ever come nearly close to that. But um, I mean, so they're bound to lose. You know, but you know, I I, I think they're gonna. I think this team is going to be relatively good. You know, I, you're creeping, you know, closer to that 500. You know, I, I think they'll go above 500. You, know, you could very well be looking at a wild card team here. Yeah, I think so. A team that shake it up a little bit, you know, kind of like the Flyers last year. Yeah, and like I said, if they are able to get this hitting up after these first five games and the pitching stays relatively, good, relatively well, you know, maybe we get a little bit better pitching out of Matt Moore and Chase Anderson, and our bullpen keeps it up for the most part. I think we can get one of the wild cards, outside chance at the NL East. We'll we shall see. Yeah, I mean, like when you think about it, uh, I mean the the, the fir I mean especially the first two games, you know, the season against Atlanta. I mean, it was efficiency. I mean, you know, you had your guys, your starters out there for seven innings, and then. Um, you know, you had, you know, kind of like that bridge to Hector Neris. Like, you're not throwing in too many uh, relievers out there, you know, to pitch. You know, I thought those were some very efficient games. Um, you know, that's what I want to see out of the Phillies. You know, I don't want to, you know, see any dreadful, you know, reliever after reliever type games. You know, if we can get, you know, our aces to be, you know, full seven, eight inning pitchers and you kind of can bridge them out and, uh, you know, close in some sort of way, you know, not having too many uh, relievers out there for too many innings. Exactly. You know, I like the fact that Zach Wheeler and Eflin were able to go seven strong innings. 
you know, hopefully some of our other pit starters can take us a little bit deeper in future games. That way we can limit the bullpen uh, as much as we can. Although I've been pretty impressed so far with Jose Alvardo. Uh, he, he has one, one win on his record here. He has had seven strikeouts, and the dude is throwing some heat. He's, he's reaching like high 90s, 100 mile per hour almost every pitch. And that's what that's what you need out of the bullpen. Uh, it's just those high velocity type pitches. Um, yeah, you're not really throwing too many oddball pitches. It's really just that speed, you know, to get you into an out of an inning. I'd almost they should start maybe thinking about a setup like they had back uh, early two or late two thousands um, when they had like Ryan Madsen as the setup and um, Brad Lidge as the closer. Maybe go like. Jose Alvardo as the setup, setup man, or the bridge uh, to the closer, and maybe go like Hector Neris or Archie Bradley as your closer. I think that would be a nice setup. But like I said, hopefully our st- starters are taking us deep. You know, six, seven innings, almost every game. I mean, understandably, yeah. you know, you're gonna get rocked every now and then. But hopefully, you know, eight to nine times out of ten, they're taking us deep. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, you get a lot of. I mean, what? I mean, pretty much. You know, you're gonna see, you know, Hector Neris closing. I, I'd like to see Archie Bradley in that position, but, I mean, if you can get those consistent games out of your one and your two, um, you'll probably really see. You know, kind of that bridge with Archie Bradley, and then you know, ending with Hector Neris. Um, you know, I, it's always funny when you know those you know those days are gone where you know a pitcher completes a whole game. Like you don't see it nearly as much anymore. Right. Yeah, so anyway, uh, moving on here. Well, Flyers lose 4-2. to uh, Guys, we suck. Jesus, man. Like, Who got the last call? Yeah, I, I was probably an empty netter. Uh, Bergeron. Jesus. Hat trick. Uh, how many freaking hat tricks have we given up this season? Uh, too many. And too many to Boston. <laughs> too many to Boston. Like, it, it is just driving me insane, man. You know, and I, I thought we were starting to play a little bit better. You know, the Islanders game, I know we lost, but we played with a little more, you know, a little more heart, a little more speed, a little more determination there. And then, you know, we had, excuse the pun, but we played with some, you know, we were pretty gritty against the, uh, uh, Bruins yesterday and came back to win that game. You know, Giroux yeah. finally stepped up and scored a couple goals for us. And then Sandheim closed it out in overtime. Would have preferred to win that in regulation, but it is what yeah. it is. But then they turn right around and lose again. They're getting all these shots. They got had all these shots on goal uh, today. They had like 38 shots uh, on goal in the first two periods, but they can't seem to get anything past the goalie. And today there's no excuse for not score more goals i mean we were playing against a, their fourth string goalie like and i'm pretty sure they were without uh charlie mcavoy today as well yeah, i mean it just gets irritating with the amount of shots you know there's no genos there you know I, I, I it's frustrating i feel like you know every it's every game you know the second they win a game okay they're back in it you know this team clearly has no identity right now you know there you get those situations with sam sam morin coming in looking good in his first game and you know everybody's all of a sudden like oh this is what we need this is what we need you know he's really gonna take over you know he's gonna you know what took so long you know it, it just you know there this this defense it just sucks exactly. yeah it's it's nice to see you know shane gossespear back up in the lineup um, yeah, he scored a nice goal today, but again, our defense gets out of place. You know, they let let up a pretty bad goal. Uh, their first goal to Bergeron, where he was able to skip, get the puck, wrap it pretty much around uh, Hart's leg and get it in there. I mean, defense again just out of place, off off a uh, off a rebound off Hart. It's just getting frustrating to watch anymore, man. Yeah. It, it, it's just like where's your where's these key veteran? I mean, there's no to me there's no true veteran on this defense. Um, you got you know Provy that you know he's probably he's got to be your best you know defenseman. You know he's got his struggles, but overall, 
I mean, you can't be the only defenseman on this team. Um, you know, and it's a bunch of young guys. There's no veteran presence on this team on the defensive side that really screams out at you. You know, last year you had Niskanen. You know, that's that's a good veteran presence, but, you know, Gustafson is just blah. You know, we just did not do anything to replace Niskanen, and we're paying for it. And it's not going to help now, too, that the Predators are have climbed back into the playoff race because I doubt, you know, because we talked on previous podcasts that, you know, maybe we could pull off some sort of trade with them to get, you know, maybe Ryan Ellis or Matisse Ekholm. Yeah, they got the they got the assets that are worth it, you know. But unfortunately, they've climbed back up, so I don't know if they really want to sell anymore. That's true. So I I don't see I don't see the Flyers buying at this point. You know, at this point, is it worth buying? Just because our vets aren't doing much of anything. You know, they'll score a goal here and there, but then they'll go on these long droughts. Like Konechny finally just scored a goal yesterday. Um, Giroux finally scoring some goals. Um, you know, Voracek, what's he been doing? You know, I understand these guys get a lot of assists, but we, we expect these guys to do a whole lot more. You know, Giroux, Voracek, they're supposed to be our leaders, our goal scorers, and they're not they're not doing it. And Hayes, man, you know, I love Hayes, but w- what happened to him this year? He's just not producing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's not enough. I mean, every year, it's plain and simple. You need a scorer on this roster. Stop bringing in the guys that are going to, you know, get some apples in here. You know, it's time to get some Genos, you know. Yeah, we need goals. It's it's frustrating that you do not get a solid score. I mean, you got a guy like Philip Forsberg that was out there that you could possibly, you know, try to entertain something with some young capital on your team. Especially when you're in a now situation where you have a roster that could take you to the Stanley Cup with a couple extra pieces. Now is not the case. They, they're, I, I don't even know what they are right now. Well, they aren't who we thought they were, that's for sure. It's just beyond frustrating. I don't even know what to say anymore about them. I'm just going to go on record saying I, I don't think they make the playoffs. If they do, I'll be heavily surprised. Yeah, I mean, they're towards the bottom of their division. Um, the Rangers, I think, were winning today, too, against the Penguins, so that'll move them up and I think tie the Flyers now. Yeah, but they're they're actually above players. us technically, I guess now. So you know, and that's the thing too. Like one of the big things that irritates me is every year you hear like uh oh, the Penguins are going to suck, you know. They're you know, they don't got a defense. They don't have this, they don't have that. All they have is, you know, their top line is what takes up most of their uh cap. You know, it's they're 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 number 3 right now where does this come about you know i don't just consistent play of their of their scores you know, crosby uh Monken, you know gets those guys man those guys keep them in play yeah keep them keep them going we don't have those guys you know Giroux, he really hasn't been very consistent in his whole career you know he he was good a couple of years ago when he had that 100 point season but he, he hasn't been much of a leader, in my opinion. You know, yeah, a lot of that is, like, assists, too. It's big. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I mean, he was a center, so you're going to deal with a lot of assists. But you know, we need Goals. scoring. I want I want some sniping. You know, I don't want to see – I don't want to see the, you know, pass behind you Congo line, yeah, you that, know, during the power play. That Congo line bullshit – wasting time on a power play needs to stop man yeah you know these guys pigeon that's what i think of them right now man they're just a bunch of pigeons they don't want to play it's like i don't even i i don't even get excited looking at the score because i know what the outcome's gonna be and then you know you look at these trade rumors coming out the one trade rumor that you see is that they're looking at goaltending at Jonathan Bernier. Why not actually try to fix the problem and go out and get some defensemen? Now, right. I don't know where you're going to go because I know I think, you know, Predators may look to be off the table at this point. But you got to fix the problem. You need a veteran defenseman, someone to really pair up with Provorov. 
I think at this point, you know, with the way the season's going, bring Cam York up and see what he can do at this point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't hurt to bring some of those young guys up. Uh, it, we, I, I feel like we're at a point now, too, you know, you have to start thinking about selling. Uh, I mean, you know, contracts like Sharu and Voracek are just not going to get out the building unless you completely lose in the trade. But it, it's there, there's just not enough production with this team. And I feel like, you know, Flyers fans, you know, myself and all, you know, tend to get too attached to certain players that just, you know, for us might appear to be first, second, third liners, but to other teams are fourth liners, you know, utility type guys. And uh, I think we just need to start moving on and uh, trying to get some young scores in here and, you know, kind of kick out some of these vets that really don't do you anything. Heck, at this point, too, I'm ready to part ways with Konechny, man. Too many droughts. He, he's a young guy who should be scoring more for us, and he just isn't doing it. You know, I, there's only so much of the uh, the, the uh, chirping I can, do, you know, I can take. You know, chirp away if you're scoring goals and actually producing. But when you're doing, you know, two things, Jack and you know what else, you have no room to talk. Just freaking play. Yeah, I mean, you had that one situational, uh, was it against the Rangers, where he uh, pushed a Zibanejad. Uh, I mean, it's a little scuffling there, but he kind of did it, you know, and you're, you're not in a position to be, you know, beating your chest like that. Um, I, w I personally like Konechny. I think if you pair him right, you know, he's going to get a lot out of you. I mean, he's a small guy. I mean, you need big bodies around him so he can – you know, kind of take that space, but you know, there's guys out there like Raffle. I've even seen some things about you know Scott Lawton being in some trade rumors. I mean, oh my God. he's never panned out to what you wanted him to be. Lawton today really pissed me off, man. Two breakaways, two breakaways, and he can't score on either one of them on a <laughs> fourth string goalie. And then he, you know, he, then he gets another decent scoring opportunity and misses. I mean, come on. It's, you know, it's one thing if you're, you know, you're playing against Tuka Rask today, but you're freaking playing against their fourth stringer. I can't, I don't even know his name. Like, come, yeah. <laughs> like, why can't you guys score? You know, so he's definitely somebody I would look to trade, man, because he's not doing it for us anymore. And not to mention he blew, blew a freaking game for us not that long, you know, a couple months ago against the, at the against the Bruins as well. Yeah. I mean, that type, type of stuff happens, but. It's just the consistency is not there anymore. No, and I think uh, I think we're dealing with the same Flyers team almost every every year, no matter who the coach is. It's always dump and chase. The conga line passes on a power play. There's just no never real, never real planning or or plays that are set up when they enter the zone either. It's always dump and chase. You know, what really gets me annoyed is whenever the puck goes behind the uh, the opposition's net, right. Uh, why is it that there's nobody in front of the net to take a centering pass? Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think under Vigneault, this team has produced a lot better with the dump and chase. Um, you see a lot more speed out of them. But that was a scheme that you, know, you just wanted them to stop doing. Uh, they are not a fast team. Uh and yet they still continue to do it. I think personally with Vigneault, they've been much, much better than in past history. But some of these things got to go. I mean, never will you ever see, you know, in a Flyers game, a surprise goal. Anytime, there's always, you know, the one big one that comes to my head would be uh, against the Rangers, uh, you know, a couple nights ago with uh, Zabanajad you know, just right there hiding, you know, on the opposite side of the goal. I mean, there should have been a defenseman there, you know, and he's just sitting there and it was just, you know, a, you know, a quick, you know, one time right there, right in the net. And it's, you know, why don't we ever get those surprise goals? You know, it, ours are usually right in front of the net. You know, you got your deep guys. You know, there's no, there's no skill to me. There's no skill. Like, I'd rather you, with the guys we have, 
because we don't have that real speed, I want to get rid of the dump and chase and just start bringing it in the zone and trying to set something up. You know, I understand sometimes you got to make the change, but, you know, don't just dump and chase just to get it into their zone. Yeah, it's got to cycle, cycle, cycle. Uh, what's one of the big things that I like to see in a game is a lot of cycling because the more you cycle, the more you're running around, the better so, your I mean, chances are. They were looking okay today in the second period with cycling the puck, but it just really kind of fell apart in the third there. And I, number and another thing too is I hate losing to the Bruins because I hate Marchand. He is such a you know a rat. Get that dude some cheese. You know he was starting trouble at the end of uh, yesterday's game when we won in overtime. I just can't stand that dude. Him and Crosby are my two hate, most hated guys. Yeah. yeah. We got some new breaking news. The Sixers defeat the Boston Celtics 106-96. to Joel Embiid back playing some solid 33 minutes, shooting 35 points with six rebounds. Great way to put themselves back in first place. That should just go to show you that he is the MVP. There is absolutely no discussion. It's not Harden. It's not LeBron. It is Embiid. Embiid means the most to his team. When he's in the lineup, we go to another level. I agree. I mean, you hear uh, you know all these names coming around. I mean, you need you know a guy like Durant. You know, who's the other big name that's in talks of MVP? Like, why do you need? He hasn't been you playing. Know, uh, why do you need? Yeah, but why do you need a super team? You know, to win a title. I think Every it's time. that. I think it's an absolute joke that you need to stack these teams. Like I'm not, I'm not afraid of the Nets. We just got Matisse Thybul. We're good. We're gonna yeah. win. We're good. We'll beat you in five. See you later. Yeah. You know Durant has been playing all year, so he's gonna be rusty. Lamarcus Aldridge, he's past his prime. You know Harden. Yeah, I'm a little worried about Kyrie. I've never been too much of a fan of his. I think he's uh, overrated. I yep. think I think he's heavily conceded you know he i couldn't you know i could not stand the fact that he took that much time away from the team this year to and had no real good explanation as to why just another crybaby moment he's a crybaby selfish player you know and then uh blake griffin he's watched you know he looks a little bit better with the nets now but you know just i wouldn't even consider this much of a super team because two of two of those guys they just brought in are washed as far as i'm concerned Exactly. You know. You know, and with Embiid back, he's averaging about 27, 28 points in these last two games. He beat, he scored 24 against the T-Wolves, and then he sat out against the Grizzlies, and then go figure, we lost. And then we ended up with 33, he ended up again with 33 points against the Celtics. You know, Tobias Harris, again, it's been coming up huge for us these games. You know, today, he, not so much, ended up with 10 points. But uh, in previous games, he's been pretty much the reason why we've been able to win as much as we have um, with him beat out because he's been kind of taken over. You know, against against the uh, Timberwolves, he had, you know, 32 points, which was huge. You know, and then some of our other players are even stepping up for us, you know, against the Lakers, Danny Green stepped up in a huge way, getting some revenge against his old team with 28 points. That was a statement game, too. You know, because he... With the trade rumors. With the trade rumors, get, but also getting his championship ring that day. The the one guy I'm just, I'm just consistently disappointed with is Ben Simmons, man. Uh, <sighs> you know, it's, it's one thing if you're... Def I understand he's a great defensive player, don't get me wrong. But your defense means nothing if we, you know, we're not outscoring the other the opposition. You know, these last few games, just to me, it's unacceptable for a guy who's supposed to be a superstar. You know, against the Lakers, he only had nine points. Clippers, he only had fifteen in a loss. He had eleven against the Nuggets in a loss. Five points against the Cavaliers. That's a bunch of BS. Fourteen against the T Wolves. Seven points against the Grizzlies. And then he only had 12 points tonight. That is not acceptable from somebody who's supposed to be our superstar. You know, I understand you're afraid to shoot, but you should be able to drive it to the hoop. 
And quite frankly, too, you should be shooting because every time you do seem to shoot, you make it. So why aren't you shooting more? This guy needs to start taking over some games. You know, it shouldn't all be Embiid. Right, he's got to start worrying about shooting and not streaming. Yes, like, it's, he's really starting to infuriate me. I, I almost kind of wish we did trade him for Harden at this point because I feel like Simmons is just refuses to take it to the next level. You know, to me, there's always going to be that gut feeling that you should never get rid of him because his defense is very strong. What's good, what is it going to take for that offensive play to peak? You know, I, it's, I have there's no, just not enough. I have no idea. I mean, it's been how many years now? He was compa- he was supposed to be the next LeBron, which, you know, that's what how he was done coming out of college. It's very but, hard. You're just a generational talent. He was, you know, a lot of people figured he would be a generational talent. And on the defensive side, he is. And there are certain games where it looks like he is. But most of the time, he's not. And it's, it is starting to bug me. Like, the shooting aspect, too. It's just, I think it's just a mental block in his head that he just won't shoot the ball like he's afraid to shoot. Because the few times he does, he, he it's not like he misses or he, he makes a lot of his, the shots. Or the, the, if he misses it, it's not like it's airballing. He doesn't look like Giannis who airballs these shots. I mean, he's had one air ball this year. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You know, it's all right. Just shoot the ball. You know, drive it to the hoop. Be aggressive. We need you to be aggressive if we're really going to have a shot at the championship this year. Exactly. I mean, there's a, to me, it's always the same cycle. You know, you get, you know, a, a very strong Ben Simmons, and then he cools off, and then he gets to a point where he's get rid of him, trade him, get somebody that could shooting here and then he goes lights out you know 42 points you know this year with his career high but he goes you know on a streak of you know 18 20 25 points and then he out of nowhere just becomes a five point 11 a point you know 10 point 12 point you know player it's you know when you think about this team i mean you have joel Embiid, who is your franchise leader right now but Ben Simmons was supposed to be the guy coming in to be that role not Embiid to me uh, it's pretty much a lock that Embiid is the captain of this team he is the leader he is the reason for this team's major success I agree wholeheartedly I hope Simmons can step it up man because like I said we're we're not going to be able to go go as far as we all want to if he doesn't step it up, if he doesn't start scoring more and taking over some games. Considering, you know, the past, you know, three years, this team has been in the playoffs for, you know, last year, you know, getting, you know, bounced out of the first round. The previous two years, it's the second round. Every team knows the game plan. They don't need to guard you because they know you're not going to shoot. So now you have to switch it up. Shoot. Right. Well, it does help that, you know, Tobias has stepped up in a huge way this year. Like I said before, you know, I think uh, Doc Rivers has really upped his, helped up his game. You know, it helps having some better shooters on the outside and Danny Green and Seth Curry. You know, hopefully we'll get George Hill in here soon. It can really That'll help us exciting. off the bench. That yeah. might light a fire under uh, Ben Simmons, I, I would hope. One would hope so, man. Uh, if, if Simmons can step it up and start scoring some more and look out man i think we do make a serious we can make a serious run if he does step it up and then uh, yeah like with tobias harris like to me now you know the salary and you know choosing him over butler feels a little better now butler i'll miss you yeah, you really brought a spark to this team that I felt this team really needed. I wish they would have kept you, figured out a way. But, you know, choosing uh, Harris over Butler to start was very, you know, head-scratching. But I, I'm starting to see it a little bit more now. Yeah, I can start to see it now too, man. Speaking of Butler, he's uh, this team's not doing so hot against the – uh, see what I did there? This team's not doing so hot against the Grizzlies, too. They're losing 124 to 106. Although he I has mean, 26 Grizzlies, points. Uh, the Grizzlies are, you know, a young team. When you think about the Sixers' last game that played them, uh, 
his team was tired, you know, back to back, you know, after, you know, being away, you know, now they're back home. Yeah, I kind of understand the loss. I think there's a lot of tired players, you know, kind of need a break. But to me, that was another. Daddy, chill. They need to chill. Yeah, to me, I feel like that was a game where Ben Simmons should have broke out. And that's the, those are the games you need him to break out, and he's not doing it, man. You know, only seven points. That's just pathetic, in my opinion. So, lastly, I'm going to get a little bit of Eagles news. Not a whole lot to talk about this week. Uh, one big thing for the draft uh, that could have some serious ramifications on who we pick. The Jets traded Sam Donald to the Carolina Panthers. Who? So that ultimately means the Jets are probably a lock to take Zach Wilson at number th- two, I think they're two. picking. Two. And then... Uh, that means the Panthers are not going to be taking a quarterback, and I think they pick eighth. So that means one more player that we would, were hoping to grab at 12 will not be on the board. And I think me and you were discussing it earlier. We're thinking maybe the Panthers will go with Kyle Pitts to give Donald another weapon. Right. Uh, one of the big things that you do got to still take into consideration during this whole thing is you are seeing teams like the Falcons and the Lions that are really considering trading out of those picks you know, in order to collect more, you know, capital. So you're going to see teams, possibly the Patriots, possibly Washington, that are in need of quarterbacks. You know, the Bears technically still need a quarterback. I don't know where they're getting at with Andy Dalton. But, you know, these are teams that are going to need to draft a quarterback. Uh, you might possibly see, you know, especially with the Falcons and the Lions looking to trade out of those picks, you know, teams coming in taking over those picks coming for a quarterback right so could we get lucky possibly no matter what i still think with these picks you're pretty much locked for either Jalen waddle or devonta smith uh either one is going to be a very nice pick i'm still pissed they traded away because you could have had kyle pitts or jamar chase with that six pick I understand you're accumulating more picks for the future. This team's got to get young and cheap. So it's explainable. But. Well, if any of the rumors are true, they're not going to be so cheap maybe next year. Oh, yeah. We're hearing rumors. You know, the Eagles are monitoring Deshaun Watson's legal situation to see if that clears up. You know, we keep hearing talks of possibly going after Russell Wilson. So. I mean, granted, if you want to talk about that next year, that's fine. You know, if you know if Jalen Hurts doesn't look like he's gonna have, gonna be the gonna be the guy going forward. But you know, number let's, one, let's try not to put too much into Jalen Hurts' head this year and put too much pressure on him because we don't want him to hear these all, all these rumors. Like, I yeah. wish they would stop putting these out there because you want him to just focus on being the best that he could possibly be. So I do like that. You know, we, I think we can pick up Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle in the first. I do like the amount of picks that we do have. We we have some flexibility moving around. You know, I think if we can improve our receiving core, maybe bring in another tight end to pair with Dallas Goddard because I don't think we'll have Zach Ertz back, unfortunately. And if we can strengthen our offensive line's depth um, and our guys can stay healthy, I think our offense can, you know, produce. I mean, granted, I I don't know how many games we're going to win with the new head coach and a bunch of younger guys, but... I don't think it'll be as bad as necessarily everybody thinks. Right. I mean, with this 12th pick, you have a wide range of opportunity. To me, I think at number 12 at this point, if there's more elite talent than Devonta Smith and uh, Jalen Waddle, so kind of like a cornerback. If Patrick Sertain is on that Wait board. Wait a minute. Did you say quarterback? Or worse, we are quarterback developers. We want to be quarterback factor. We have the. No, I said corner. <laughs> we always got to find an opportunity for that one. Got to hit him with the quarterback factory every once in a while. <laughs> but like to me, I think number 12 is better suited for a number, you know, one down the line cornerback. If Patrick Sertain is on that board, at number 12, he's you need to pick him above Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. If Caleb 
Farley is on that list at number 12. You need to pick him. You know, you got to look at it, too. Uh, to me, if Jalen Waddles last on that list when number 12 comes, I'd even look to trade back again, accumulate more picks. You know, maybe not get too far back. Uh, you know, in a situation like that, maybe you can uh, find a deal maybe in the latter half of the teens. And uh, maybe you might be able to pick up a guy like Jace Horn and even Caleb Farley, depending on, you know, the needs out there in the NFL for cornerback. But to me, there, there's an opportunity. You have an opportunity to still get very good uh, wide receiver talent in the second round with a guy like Terrence Marshall from LSU. Uh, you could very well, you know, this team is so mixed matchy with, you know, wide receivers that – to me, I want to see a guy like Travis Fulgham actually get the chance to be, you know, what he was producing to be until, you know, they decide to, you know, throw Alshon back in there. Go throw old uh, snitch on Jeffrey back in the mix. I would hope I'll snitch. <laughs> I would hope Fulgham uh, starts producing more. I mean, we both just got his jerseys last year. I love that jersey no matter what. I'll keep that jersey forever. Fulgham mania, baby. But, yeah, uh, I do like the idea of picking another cornerback, especially, you know, if we have Darius Slay for another year or two. That'll really shore up our secondary. You know, we've been struggling mightily the last few years, even the Super Bowl year, with stopping these receivers. You know, it'll be a huge help against teams like Dallas, you know, who have uh, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Mari Cooper, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Sheesh. Uh, oh, you're going to get Michael uh, Gallup. Kenny... Yeah, you get Michael Gallup, so they got a trio of guys. I mean, and then the, you might see a decrease in play there a little bit, but uh, I mean, the Cowboys suck every year. Let's get real. Absolutely, and then you know if the Giants end up taking another receiver, um, you know we'll need guys again, yeah, to st- help stop those guys. I'm going to assume at their pick, if he's up, if he's on the board, it's Devontae Smith. Yeah, one of those two. Uh, Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddle, or if he still somehow falls, falls down even further, maybe even Kyle Pitts, but I doubt that part. And then, you know, definitely need these guys against the Washington football team now, you know, because you know, they got Fitzmagic on that team who's killed us the last few years. Yeah. And, you know, they just bought in Curtis Samuel and they got Terry McLaren. So we're going to need these guys to help to slow those guys down because Terry McLaren's been killer against us lately. Yeah, he's uh, he's a very, I mean, that was a ridiculous steal the Washington football team. Uh, that was a fifth round pick and you know, he's better than any first, second, third round wide receiver we've chosen in the last 10 years. Yeah, you know, it's another guy we could have taken instead of J.J. Ortega Whiteside, but you know Guys, we suck. But that's the thing. You have Terry McNaurin, you got Darius Slayton from the Giants. Those are two wide receivers way behind JJ, Jay Jaw. He doesn't even deserve a nickname. But those are two guys that were picked so far back in that draft that are producing at asinine levels compared to. JJ, it's a disgrace. Where what they saw on this dude? I don't know what they saw either. I, I know they figured he could possibly be the next Alshon with uh, red zone receptions and everything, but he has really done. I've said this already. Two things, Jack, and you know what else? Yeah, but we don't need red zone red zone threats. We already had that. You have to get speed. You have to get guys that catch the ball, run great routes, catch some 50-50 balls here and there. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. You don't need a guy that all he is supposedly good for is 50-50 balls in the red zone. And he can't even catch. He can't even get open. And he can't even get a ball thrown to him for a 50-50 catch because he just sucks. Was his one touchdown last season just that one where Miles Sanders fumbled on like the five, rolled into the end zone, and he recovered it? No, I actually feel like he actually scored a touchdown last year. That's the only touchdown I remember. That's not a good thing. And then he celebrated like it was a big deal, like it was his touchdown. It's like, no, that was Miles Sanders' touchdown. He just got lucky. Uh, 
Man, that is actually embarrassing because it that was his only touchdown. Really? Yeah. Wow. That is just a disgrace. <laughs> what? What? Anyway, hopefully we can, you know, plug some of these holes up and move forward. I know you yeah, were I mean, a little you're a little upset about Jalen Hurts' number change, huh? Well, I'm not upset about it. I think I I thought it was gonna happen. I knew at some point, you know, especially with Cameron Johnston leaving the team. Well, well, he was quarterback number two last year. Now he's quarterback number one. Yeah, and I, I'm assuming uh, he didn't want to share the same number as uh, Carson Wentz, who he took the QB1 job from. You know, I think Carson just took that number because one plus one equals two. Or maybe he wants to show up <laughs> Jalen Hurts. I don't know. Or maybe he knows he's just quarterback number two. So, yeah, well, overall today, a little bit of a disappointing day for the Philadelphia sports. Two, uh, one and two losses by the Flyers and the Phils. But a nice Phils victory are against... losing. They did not lose yet. I thought that game was over by now. Nope. My, my apologies. Top of the night. So, yeah, a tough, tough one for the Flyers. Looks like that season's pretty much going down the drain. You know, Phillies hopefully maybe can battle back, you know, maybe make a miracle. But, you know, one loss in the first five games isn't terrible. Sixers still still killing it, especially with Embiid back. And I mean, uh, the Phillies are just going to probably end up going 161-1. and one. It's all right. Yeah, it'd be the closest anyone's ever come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'd be the first time we've had over 100 wins since, what, 2011? Yeah. And that season didn't exactly end as well as everybody had hoped. You know, first uh, wild card exit to the uh, Cardinals with Ryan Howard tearing his Achilles at the very end. Yeah, that was uh, not fun at all. You know, one day, hopefully this year, but hopefully soon, sooner than later, uh, granted, we're not going to hear it from this man again, but I would love to hear something like this again. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Stuck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Brad Lynch does it again and stays perfect for the 2008 season. Cut it. <laughs> Bad news. Uh, it looks like we had a two-run home run by Pete Alonzo. So it's 8-2, to two, the New York Mets. Guys, we suck. <laughs> Man. So, yeah, one and two <laughs> for today. Two be one and two. <laughs> two be one and two. <laughs> you know, hopefully this is just a bad game. You know, like you said, weird lineup for the Phillies today. I mean, it's back. It's back end, you know, pitching versus you know their top end pitching. So, to me, you're bound to lose a game like this, especially with your you know offensive lineup being makeshift with giving some guys some breaks and some rest. Well, and on one final piece of news for today. Officially set the date of my wedding. Woo. November 5th, 2021. So I can't wait for that. It's going to be a great time. We're going to do start doing some food tasting real soon as well. You should just uh, have Philly cheesesteaks at the wedding. Now that would be something. How about, how, how about like a, uh, a whiz with bar? You yeah. know, have, have the cheese just cascading down. Yeah. That's what I'll be the whole time. You got to say it like this, cascading down. Cascade. Cascade. Daddy, chill. <laughs> yeah, we were seeing all the foods there. Um, one thing that sprung out to mind as one of the pasta choices, I almost want to go with the vodka rigatoni. You have to. You must. That's my favorite pasta. Yeah, it's my favorite. Vodka, vodka sauce is, is everything. Best man, best man decides the food, okay? 
I'll, you know, that's what I want to go with. I think, you know, that's why you're best, my best man. You know, we're on the same wavelengths here. Well, I think we'll go, uh, you know, try to get the vodka rigatoni in there. Yeah, you have to win the battle. I don't think it'd be much of a battle. She can't eat that anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. GF life. GF. GF. And we have to get a separate cake for her, too. <laughs> so, so maybe I get to pick, I, I get to pick the actual flavor of uh, the cake everyone gets to eat. Uh, so vanilla? <laughs> no, no, no. I, th- I don't know if I saw it here or if it was somewhere else. But if there's any kind of like chocolate peanut butter cake, I'm gonna be all over that. Yeah, you gotta be weary of you know peanut allergy though. Uh yeah, that's right. Well, maybe just chocolate. And then you know we'll get some nice uh, dancing on the dance floor. Maybe a little Michael Jackson. Maybe a little uh, wo- wobble. That, you know, that's Ashley's favorite. <laughs> Let's do the wobble. Whipping nay What is it? What is it? Uh, Whipping nay baby. Yeah, as she said when she was Nip a little way baby. Whipping way baby. <laughs> and maybe a little shout. Yeah, man, it's... Uh, you going to get an 80s uh, Billy Joel cover band? We strictly do only do 80s Joel here, sir. Come on, <laughs> play the stranger! <laughs> Come on, play something from the street. <laughs> right. Come on, dinosaur. We gotta get up there. <laughs> Te volare. Can we get those guys to sing Te Volare? The uh, the wedding uh the guy who uh, helps us plan the wedding, he asked if uh we can get gritty there and I'm like, eh, I wish. But I think he costs about three K to get. Uh, for any kind of occasion, so that's gonna uh. probably be out of our price range. But gritty, if you somehow end up listening to us and you enjoy our podcasts, maybe as a wedding gift, can you maybe come out November fifth, Falls in uh, Fairless Hills, Levittown area, in PA? That'd be that'd be something. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, as always, I've been Tom with Alpha One Sports. And I'm Anthony, and thank you for listening to us today on this nice, beautiful April evening. And let's just hope uh, things can turn around, especially for the Flyers. Today, old friend. (laughs) Guys, we suck.